It's great to have you in class this morning, and uh, this is our Marriage 101 class, and uh, we are going to be dealing with issues that affect married people, uh, and so uh, not all of our classes for public conversation, but it's a good conversation for those who are already married and or those who are close to uh, being married, and uh, like most weeks, we'll take some time to answer uh, your questions. Uh, like usual, uh, I don't have any idea who's going to be here before I teach or preach. I just prayerfully prepare a message and just trust that uh, the Lord will bring the people uh, to hear them who need uh, to hear them. I congratulate you on being in class and being interested in investing uh, in your marriages. You know, though uh, everybody here has different backgrounds and is in different circumstances, uh, we all do have one thing in common. Uh, we want to invest in making our marriages better. Uh, when I went back over the surveys that you had turned in, over 80% of you rated your satisfaction in marriage as six or higher, and only 35% of you uh, rated the marriage uh, of your parents as a six or higher, which really says to me that most of you are uh, doing better uh, than the home from which you came. And uh, part of that is uh, coming to classes like this and uh, asking honest questions to try to uh, learn. And so I appreciate that in your part. Remember, nearly 100% of people who walk down a marriage aisle uh, love one another and believe their marriage is going to make it. And yet we're told that 50% of those marriages uh, end in divorce, which uh, ought to cause us to walk away from that and say, do you know what? It takes more than love and good intentions to have a marriage that lasts. Uh, last week, we began talking about the roles that God has established for uh, both a husband and a wife in the marriage relationship. And we learned that a wife is supposed to submit to her own husband as a church does to Christ. And that, that submission is not conditioned on anything the husband does or fails to do. It's something that every wife at times will have to do for Christ's sake. It is not the submission of all women to men in general. It is the submission of a wife to her own husband, uh, one equal, submitting to another equal, not an inferior and a superior, but two equals each who agree to fulfill a role uh, for Christ's sake in that relationship. And we learn that a husband is supposed to love his own wife as Christ loves the church. And that love also uh, is not conditioned on whether or not your wife submits to your leadership like she should or not. It is something that every husband will have to do at times for Christ's sake. And a husband, of course, has the most difficult role of all because he is the picture of a perfect Savior, unconditionally loving, an imperfect group of believing people. And uh, obviously, both those roles are very difficult. Uh, but the awesome thing about it is that God gave us 100% say in who we choose uh, for that relationship. And uh, thank God for his mercy and grace uh, that all of us get, not just for salvation, but uh, we get as we uh, imperfectly fill those roles as we grow in grace and knowledge of our Savior. 
Uh, now as we begin, uh, I have these same nine things I go over every week. Just want them deeply in your heart and mind. Uh, number one, nothing can be taken back that's been done to this point by either person. What's done is done. Number two, all that any of us can hope to change uh, is today and tomorrow. Uh, and those can change. Uh, number three, if you're struggling, you didn't get where you are in a day, you're not going to get out in a day. Uh, but by the grace of God, you can get out. Uh, number four, you can only control one person in the world. And so I ask that you focus on that one in both this class and in your home. Uh, number five, there's always hope as long as God is involved. Uh, God is love. If you never really loved, you can begin to love. If you don't love like you used to love, you can love again. And if you never loved like you should have loved, you can love like you should love because God is love. Somebody sarcastically said, never go to bed mad, just stay up and fight. Somebody sarcastically said, never feel remorse for what you have thought about your wife. Uh, she has thought much worse about you. Uh, somebody sarcastically said, do you know what it means to come home at night to a woman who will give you a little love, a little affection, a little tenderness? It means you're at the wrong house. Uh, somebody sarcastically said, do you know what it means to find a man who cleans up after himself, wants to hear all about your day, uh, wrote a poem about his love for you? It means you're either still a teenager or you're dreaming. Uh, somebody said, my husband and I divorced over religious differences. He thought he was God, and I didn't agree. Uh, but on a more serious note, every happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers. God is love. And if you don't love like you should or never loved or don't love anymore, get God involved. Uh, God is love. Uh, number six, no one's destined to repeat the home in which you were raised. If that home was bad, you can succeed. Number seven, no one's assured to have a great marriage if you were raised in a great home. You can fail. Uh, number eight, the marriage that you're in now is the marriage you're supposed to be working on. And number nine, the person to whom you're married now is the person to whom you are supposed to be married I would say this, it is probably very unusual for some person to make it through their entire married life of decades and not at some point wonder whether you married the right person. I mean, maybe somebody uh, makes it like that. Uh, I don't know. I would think it would be rare. Uh, but this much I do know with 100% certainty, the person to whom you're married now is the person to whom you are supposed to be married. And so before we get to our lessons, like usual, I want to uh, answer some of the questions that have been turned in. And, and like always, I, I do keep some of the questions in uh, that were turned in in classes and in times past just because, I mean, they're just excellent questions that are relevant to uh, some of the things we've talked about. And as always is the case, many of the questions that you've turned in are related to subjects we'll get to later in this class. And so uh, I just am saving those for later. Um, but I think these questions, they're worth uh, some of our time to practically apply uh, things we talk about uh, in real life situations. Question number one, how can I show my wife I'm leading our family the best I can do uh, to what I think is right? Uh, well, 
first you have to ask yourself the question, are you really leading your home to do what is right? Uh, you see, if you're really doing what's right, uh, then it'll stand the scrutiny of a good wife and godly counselors. You know, sometimes, you know, we need to be looking to expand uh, the best we can uh, by getting godly counsel. But, by the way, uh, someone who's seeking to do what's right is not afraid of getting godly counsel. Uh, the Bible says in the multitude of counselors there's safety. Uh, but if you are actually doing what is right in God's eyes to lead your family, then do you know what? Not only will you not be afraid to get godly counsel, eventually uh, your wife will come to recognize it. And to be honest with you, if she doesn't recognize it, either that means that you're not really doing right as well as you think you are, or you need to be praying that God would open her eyes and you need to be patiently waiting uh, on God in the situation. Question number two, how can I help my wife see that when I ask her to do something to help, it is to benefit both of us? Uh, the first thing I would say is that uh, the benefit to both of you must not be as obvious as you think or she would see it. Uh, you know, it, it's very easy as uh, any sort of a leader, uh, a husband especially, to do things that are in your own interests that are not in the interests of your family and, and, and your wife. And uh, to be honest with you, whenever it comes to... Uh, leading your wife, giving her instruction, correcting her. Uh, in most cases, uh, wives don't want instruction from, from their husband. Now, that doesn't mean you should never offer it. Uh, it means you ought to be careful when you offer it, and it also means that you need to uh, just not expect some instant, oh, wow, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. That Thank you for, for, for that. Um, Make sure that when you're making decisions that you're seeking your wife's counsel and uh, make sure that uh, you're considering what's gone on in that day. You know, a lot of times uh, we lose sight of the fact that our spouse might have had, you know, a rough day. And that day, you know, they just didn't get done all the things you guys agreed together that uh, you would each do. And you know what? Uh, you need to just be patient. You know, it's real easy to expect our spouse to be some kind of mechanical robot who never fails in their tasks and never has days that are, uh, you know, taxing on them, when in reality, you know what, it happens to all of us. We need to just be patient with each other. Uh, question number three. I'm having trouble humbling myself in marriage without losing healthy confidence to function. What do I do? Uh first thing I think you should do is make sure that you're defining uh, what it means to be humble or to be a follower correctly. You know, God has very specifically told us in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 not to cast away our confidence. I mean, there's a kind of confidence that we should have both in ourselves and in God. And then there's a kind of confidence that goes beyond that and becomes pride. And that is obviously something that is not good at all. If you're defining humility as you don't ever offer opinion, you just grovel around and uh, you just never look up and you're a worthless piece of trash, I mean, that's not humility. That's just stupid. 
You know, Bible humility is, is not that you're worthless. Bible humility is you just basically, you think about yourself less. Uh, not you think less of yourself. Uh, when you're not humble, everything revolves around you. Uh, when you're humble, you're thinking about yourself less, not less of yourself. Um, make sure that uh, you have these things properly defined because there's no reason for you to lose healthy confidence uh, to, to function if you think rightly about those things. Question number four, how do you get your husband to not act like your dad? Uh, the first thing I would say is you need to begin by asking yourself, are you acting more like a child than a responsible adult? Uh, since you can't control him anyway, you must begin with an honest evaluation of yourself. Uh, you might not like to hear this, but you know what? There are quite a lot of adults who actually never stop acting like children. And you need to make sure that uh, you're not being childish in whatever situation it is that motivated you to ask this question. Uh, and if you take some time and think about this and you walk away and say, you know what, I'm, I'm really not uh, being childish in this. My husband is using his authority more like a dad over a child than a husband over a wife. Then what you need to do is you need to uh, come up with a couple of specific clear examples. You need to make the situation a matter of prayer. And then at a good time and in a good tone, you need to talk to him about it. Uh, don't expect him to immediately say, oh, oh, wow, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, maybe he's mature enough to do that, but most people are not. What you need to do is that after you've done this, you need to just leave what happens to God. And if he's a good man, what will happen is as some time passes, he'll think about what you say and allow it to affect his, uh, his behavior uh, towards you. Uh, question number five. My husband seems to rely on my guidance to be the leader of our household is it normal for a wife to be responsible and hold their husband's hand in, in leadership? Um, the first thing I, I would say is that uh, I don't know that you really want your husband to lead in the way you think you want. Um, if you mean by this, he's asking your opinion too much, uh, then what I would say, do you, do you really want your husband to not ask your opinion? On the other hand... Uh, you know what, um, maybe he is relying on you to be the leader in, uh, in your house, and if he's not going to lead, somebody needs to lead. I mean, especially in spiritual matters, you know, if a husband's not going to step up and be the spiritual leader, then the wife needs to step up and be the spiritual leader. And you just need to, if that's your situation, just say, you know what, he's not stepping up to be the spiritual leader in our house, I will. But you need to just simply be willing to step back if he ever decides to step up. You know, the reality of life is, is that not every man uh, has the same capacity to be a good leader. But every man has enough capacity to be a good leader that he can lead his own home and lead his own children. And you, as his wife, you really do have the power to help him become a better leader. And a lot of times, you know, I, I, I think what we call, quote, normal in, in a husband-wife decision-making relationship is, is crafted by people who are a lot older and more mature than us. And so you need to just make sure you're not expecting the kind of leadership out of your husband. He's just not ready to provide yet. 
uh, you know, just get some wise counsel uh, on the situation. And, you know, if he doesn't step up, step up. And if he ever does step up, be willing to step back. Uh, question number six. Is the place God planned for a woman in the home a role that she will naturally take? Uh, I don't think that the role of a husband unconditionally loving her wife, his wife, or the role of a wife submitting to her own husband, I don't think either person naturally takes those roles. I think both of those roles, they have to be supernaturally fulfilled. In, in other words, because we have a relationship with God and God's Spirit lives in us, we uh, have His grace and His help to fulfill those roles. Now, I, I do think some people more naturally fill them than others, but I don't think anybody completely fills them just naturally. We We need God's help. You need to know God. You need to be yielded to him. You need to be growing. Question number seven, how does a young Christian wife learn to grow when dealing with an overbearing and intimidating husband? Um, what I would say, be, be careful that what you're expecting out of your husband is, is something that he's capable of doing. You know, again, it's very easy when you're a young adult to compare uh, your husband's leadership uh, in your home to the leadership of uh, somebody else who's much older and more, more mature. So you have to be honest. Are you expecting too much? And, and, and uh, what you will find, generally speaking, is, is that the strongest men uh, who you may look up to now that they're 40 or 50 or so, uh, when they were in their 20s, you know, chances are they were probably to some degree overbearing and intimidating. And uh, the best thing uh, to do would be to get some wise and godly counsel from some older, spiritually-minded woman who has a strong husband. Talk to her about what he was like when he was younger. Talk to her about uh, how she was able to uh, get through those early years, what he was like, and, and how she was able to, to help him. And uh, you'll be able to help uh, your husband uh, as well. And if he really is just too overbearing and intimidating, uh, what you need to do is find a couple of clear examples of this, make the situation a matter of prayer, uh, pick a good time and a good tone, and talk to him about it. Uh, that's how you will be able to help him uh, grow. Um, if you know what this is I have in my hand here, uh, it is a medical glove. And, uh, or at least you think it is, uh, I'm going to blow it up. And actually, uh, you can use it as a balloon, too. Uh, and people do use gloves as balloons. But you know what? This glove was designed by somebody to function as a barrier between deadly pathogens and viruses and bacteria in someone's hand. And it accomplishes most and does its best work doing what it was designed and created to do. You know, this glove, like a balloon, is like you do in your marriage your own way. Okay, yeah, it functions some. Yeah, you can use it as a balloon. But it'll never be all that it could be or all that it could do if you don't do it the way the Creator designed it to be done. Our marriage is like that. It always works best and accomplishes most doing marriage God's way.
our text for today. Last week we sort of, uh, we just began sort of a little three-week segment in this particular class on uh, our roles in the home, and we spent a lot of time last week in Ephesians 5 just simply teaching what the scriptures teach about the issue. Notice what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 in verse 17. Colossians 3 17, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. In other words, uh, everything we do in every area of our life, it ought to be uh, done in such a way that we have Jesus involved, uh, that we can thank him for what's going on because we're handling things his way, whatsoever we do. Notice he begins in verse 18 to illustrate that a bit. He says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as is fit in the Lord. And that word fit there, of course, means properly placed or uh, in its right position. Uh, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Verse 19, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter uh, against them. Uh, this is really a direct repeat of what we learned in Ephesians 5 uh, last week. He adds that husbands need to beware of the bitterness that can build up in your heart when you unconditionally attempt to love your wife and she doesn't love you uh, or submit to you like you think she should. And, and brother, if you're being honest, your uh, expectations for her submission are unrealistic. You know, it's very easy for us to uh, kind of think people are like our pet dog where, you know, you can have them caged up all day and then uh, and do something with somebody else all day long and then come home and open the cage and they're so happy to see us and they're licking our face and, 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 and uh, everything's done. Uh, you know, people aren't like that. And a lot of times your uh, expectations for your wife's submission are, are outrageous and uh, you need to not be bitter uh, if she doesn't submit the way you think she should, and you should still unconditionally love her. Uh, someone asked, what is not relevant nowadays to be a good wife? And, and, you know, that's a good question because some people wrongly say that, you know, these roles that the Bible teaches for husbands and wives to fulfill were cultural or Paul's chauvinism. And... Uh, listen, Bible principles and Bible commands, they apply to every culture and every time in history, including today. And culture really should only affect our uh, thinking uh, where Scripture is silent or, or where uh, within the boundaries of biblical principles. You know, sometimes people want to think all cultures are equal, but, but that's not true other than in a politically correct world. Uh, if all cultures are equal, I mean, why are some doing better than others? Uh, listen, wives bullying weak husbands in an Amazon culture is wrong, and eating people in a cannibal culture is wrong, and having multiple wives in a polygamous culture is wrong, and callously crushing the spirit of your wife is wrong in a chauvinist culture. And 
You know, American culture, it is. It is different today than it was 70 years ago in, in America. But uh, these biblical principles, you know, they still apply. And, and that's really primarily what we're going to spend our time today and next week on is some practical applications of, of what it means for a husband to love his wife and for a wife to submit herself to the uh, leadership of her own husband, and how can we do those things, and how can a husband help his wife uh, be a submissive wife, and how can a wife help her husband develop into being a a godly leader? Those are great questions, and uh, what we're going to do is, uh, this is almost a little bit more like you and I just sitting down together, and uh, just having uh, a, a little bit of a casual, personal conversation. And in, and in all these things, um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to bounce around and, and, and do one thing for the husband and then uh, one thing for the wife, one thing to practically help a husband uh, lead his home and, and one thing to practically help a, a wife submit to her husband and, and help him as, as a leader. And the things that I give you, you know, they're not things that uh, I'm an expert at or, or that I have fully succeeded at. These are principles and ideas that uh, I've seen in other people and try to implement in my life. And I can just tell you from uh, personal experience, both in my own home and with others, uh, the degree to which you're able to do this uh, will make your home and life better. And the better my wife and I have done these things that I'm going to talk to you about, the better our home has become. Uh, Some practical ways for a husband to provide leadership in his home and and to love and honor his wife. Uh, Here's the first one. Number one, have areas that are assigned to each spouse according to your strength. Uh, Brother, quit trying to dominate and control everything in your home. You are leading your lover... You're not leading your child nor an employee. And when you uh, pick these areas to to give uh, to your wife, you know, let her make her own decisions in those areas you've delegated authority to her. Uh, someone asked, should a wife always ask her husband before doing something? You know, I, I think the answer to that is no. But, I mean, what does your husband expect? I mean, how big is the issue involved? I mean, are you buying suave shampoo instead of Meyer? Or are you making a two or three hundred dollar purchase? You know, those are good questions to ask. I personally don't think it's very healthy at all for a wife to feel like her husband uh, needs to know every little thing she does, nor do I think it's healthy for a husband to expect that. What I do think, though, is that anything that's a big enough issue that it affects your relationship or your home or, you know, your finances in any kind of a serious way, I do think that you should uh, tell him, and, and both of you should know all of those things. Uh, for instance, uh, if your wife is better at running the finances than, than you are, you need to delegate that to her. And then you need to do what she says in that. Uh, why would you keep running the money when you don't do it well? You, you know, recognize the areas where your wife is strong and, and, and use those areas. Delegate those uh, to her. Um in our house, I mean, Sharon buys our groceries. 
Uh, now, she doesn't do it like I, I do it. Do I wish she used coupons? Well, sure, but she doesn't, and so I just try to keep my mouth shut about it. For most of the years of our marriage, she paid our bills. And uh, for most of the years of our marriage, I balanced the checkbook. You know, getting that stuff paid on, on time uh, was not just good so that she knew what was going on. Uh, you know, she did a good job at it. Uh, but it wasn't her strength to, to, to do all the detailed uh, balancing. And, and, and so uh, I did that. She is responsible for pretty much everything that goes on in our home, all the decorations, all the paint, all the uh, decisions about furniture. And, and I try to keep my mouth shut. And if she asks me what I think, about those things, I will just very carefully offer my thoughts. And you know what? Uh, she handles those things. I remember uh, uh, many years ago after we were first married, we had, I think, went down to Florida, and uh, she had packed our luggage, and you know, I had been super busy. And we got down there, and I was getting my stuff out of the suitcase, and I said, where's my belt? And uh, she said, you know, I think I forgot it. And at first, I was pretty upset uh, about it. And uh, and she said, you know what? If you don't like the way I pack your suitcase, you should pack it. And, you know, I thought about that, and, and she was right. And, and she's never packed my luggage since that time. Uh, if I'm not going to be happy with the way she's going to do something, I need to shut up about it. Uh, and if I don't like it, I do it myself. Uh, but you really help your home and your leadership and your wife to give her some areas uh, for which she's uh, responsible. Uh, some practical ways for a wife to fill her role, uh, to submit to and reverence her own husband. Uh, here's number one. Say as few negative things as possible about his leadership. That is especially true when he's young. And that is also especially true in public. Uh, you may not realize this, but you have the power to help him become a better man or turn him into a weak and irresponsible one. You know, if he feels like he can't ever please you, one of two things are going to happen, and, and neither one of them are, are good. He's either going to distance himself from uh, emotionally from you and your home, or he's just going to quit trying to take responsibility. He just let you take over. Now, you may think that it's a good thing for him to just let you take over. But, you know, after time, you, you know, it's not going to be so appealing because you're not going to respect him like he should, like you should, and it's contrary to God's word. It's not a good thing. Um, most men are very insecure. You, If you've been married very long, you've already come to realize that your husband is likely uh, less secure than, than you are. The average woman needs her husband less than the average husband needs his wife. Uh, if he were gone, you wouldn't be as happy as you think you'd be. Uh, I wish if you take notes and write things down, if you allow something to sink in your heart, this would be something to please let sink in your heart. Here it is. When you tear him down, you're destroying your own security and lowering your own potential. You do not lift yourself up when you tear down your husband. When you tear him down, you are, in essence, tearing yourself down as well. 
Maybe it would be wise for you to quit listening to some of the criticism other women subtly make about him being too pushy or him being too weak. And and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, People just, uh, sometimes they say things without thinking and and we let them sink into our heart, and it sort of poisons our view towards our husband or, or towards our wife. You need to just stop listening to, to a lot of that stuff. Practical things to help husbands be better leaders and to better love and honor his wife. Here's number two. Take it upon yourself to make your wife feel special and loved. I think you should keep your eyes open for things to compliment her on. Do you, do you ever notice when she gets her hair done? Do you notice when she gets a, a new dress? Say, oh, wow, that looks good on you. Uh, look for things to be thankful for and notice the things she does for you and, and does around the house. You, you, you know, for those of you whose wife uh, does the cleaning or uh, does the cooking or does the laundry, do you, do, you, do you ever, when she does that stuff, do you ever say, hey, wow, that's a great meal tonight. Man, I really like this. Do you ever, um, when you open up your uh, sock drawer, do you ever just realize, you know what, those don't instantly just appear. Do you ever just go to her and say, hey, you know what, hey, thanks for taking care of this. Man, you are just a big help to me. I mean, some of your wives would be shocked to have you notice what uh, she does for you. You know, build your wife up like that. That's an important way to use your authority. Uh, I think you should schedule a date with her every week. You know, if you're uh, too young to have any money at all or your circumstances are bad, you know, find someone else in your circumstances and, and swap babysitting. Now, I'm, not ex- I'm not suggesting you do something expensive every week. You don't have to go to the dinner theater every week. You know what? Sometimes you just, just make a bologna sandwich and get a bag of chips and go to the park for a walk. It is so important that you invest in your relationship. Remember, it was doing that kind of stuff that caused you to fall in love to such a degree that you were willing to decide that this was a woman that you wanted to spend your life with. You know what? You need to keep dating her. On Sunday or Monday, every week, you you, you ought to say, hey, uh, you know, what days this week can we do something? You know, a lot of weeks, you know, just super busy. And you're just going to have to do this on purpose. Make her feel special and loved. Give her affection and compliments at times when there's no way that sex could be involved. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think at times, you know, when there's uh, no way that, that you could uh, be wanting something from her, you ought to just come up behind her and hug her, kiss her in the neck. Give her a little pat on the tush. Just when she gets home, just go over and and squeeze her. Give her a a real hug. No strings attached. Now, there's there's probably not anything you can do, at least in most homes, to where 
at some point or another, she is not going to say to you, uh, all you want me for is sex. But you need to be sure in your heart that when she says that, that that's not true. That you have been complimentary to her, you've been thankful to her, you've been affectionate towards her at times other than sexual times. You ought to give her more of your time and attention than any other one person in your life. Uh, You ought to open doors for her. You ought to remember anniversaries and birthdays. And if you can afford to spend a little money, spend some money, but minimally uh, remember them. Just some practical ways a husband can love his wife and, and... and honor her. Uh, here's a second way a, a wife can practically submit to her husband and, and reverence him. Here, here's number two. Remember that he can only lead your home if you let him. Remember that the, the role that you have of submitting to the leadership of your husband, that's a role assigned by Christ. I mean, understand this, that um, God is a perfect leader. And yet some people don't submit to his authority. Even God only emerges as a perfect leader if someone chooses to let him lead them. You must choose to let your husband lead you. The very best leaders only emerge if people choose to follow their leadership and give them a chance. You need to quit listening to the lies of our culture and uh, ideas from romance novels and movies about how things should be in your home. Those are all just pretend or, or proven failures. Our culture is a mess. You need to quit listening to some of your friends bragging about what they did to get their way uh, in refusing to follow the leadership of their husband. I, uh, now, I don't have this happen anymore now that I'm a pastor. Nobody tells me anything, but, you know, back when I was a volunteer worker in, in, a, in a biblical church and people would be standing around and talking and about what's going on, I, I remember uh, one lady in particular bragging about how she hadn't spoken to her husband in three days. And I remember thinking to myself, well, is that the only area of life in which you're stupid? Now, I didn't say that out loud and don't think you should. But, but listen, when you, when you are trying to manipulate your husband through uh, your silence, through your anger, through withholding your uh, affection, you, you, you know what, you're not helping yourself. You're not helping him. He can only lead your home if you let him. And you have the power, as I said earlier, to help him become a better leader or just to become irresponsible. And I say this to every husband and wives, wife, and I close with this. Next week we will uh, talk further about some practical ways to... Uh, fill our roles in the home, practical helps for husbands to provide leadership and love in their home and and practical ways for a wife to submit to her own husband to reverence him and to help him fill his role. I I, I say this again, I close with this. You know, brother, you do not lift yourself up by tearing your wife down. 
You lower your potential when you lower her. And wives, you do not lift yourself up by tearing your husband down. You lower yourself. We're each there to prop each other up and to help each other find and fulfill our potential in life. And when we tear our spouse down, we do nothing for ourselves. It hurts us. I'll stop there uh, today. Uh, appreciate you being in class today. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be back next week to uh, talk some more about uh, practical ways to fulfill these roles. And then when we finish that, we'll spend some uh, spend a lesson on communication. We'll spend a lesson on the physical relationship of a husband and wife. We'll spend several weeks on uh, how to uh, make decisions and uh, to disagree uh, better, to, to quite fight fair, you might say. And uh, we have a lot of questions uh, from those areas. Uh, God bless you. You're dismissed.